It's good to see you this morning. Um, if you've been alive for very long, you've probably been through. If you've been along, alive long enough to sit in this room and not be downstairs uh, with the little kids, you've been through a tough season. And, and maybe it's not been as tough as the season of people next to you, uh, but you have been through a tough season before, and you probably, depending on how much longer the Lord gives you in this life, you'll probably go through another tough season. And so uh, no matter what your tough season looked like, uh, here's, here's something that's helpful no matter what toughness looks for you like in your life, is uh, having the end in mind. This, this life will end. Um, and, and so tough seasons also come to an end, even if it's tough up till the end of this life, it helps to have an end in mind when you're going through things that are hard. So if it's, if it's something like med school where it just drags on and you've been in the middle of it forever, uh, having an end in mind, I'm going to be a doctor one day, or if it's sleepless nights with a child, or if it's the pain. The, the discomfort of pregnancy, uh, I'm, you know, I'm going to have another child one day. It, there's, having an end in mind will help you get through the tough season right now. And the flip side of that is true. Those who do not have an end in mind, those who do not have clarity on the future and what's coming, um, they struggle even more. So, so, so when people do suicide assessment, uh, it's, it's a common thought, <laughs> Uh, unfortunately, it's it's a common thought to have, wh- why should I go on living? And, and when they talk to professionals about that, they'll ask questions like, so do you have any plans for the future? And the people who don't have plans or have given up hope of any, of any future, they're the ones at the greatest risk. Um, and the reason we're talking about this today is because the same thing happens in our walk with Jesus. Uh, we have to have hope in our present, in order to keep us going. And, and there's multiple verses that speak to this, but I, I just want to look at a couple that show that whatever weight, what, whatever perspective has the weightier meaning to us, that that's what wins. That's what impacts our lives and our thinking. So 2 Corinthians 4, 17, Paul says, our light and momentary troubles right now, that the hard things we're going through right now, are achieving for us an eternal glory that, look at this, far outweighs them. It outweighs what we're going through right now. And he says the same thing in Romans 8, where he says, I consider that our present sufferings, the the struggles, the difficulties now, it's not worth comparing with the glory, and that word literally means weight or significance, the glory that's coming, the glory that will be revealed. So another way to say this, which is, I think, a little catchier, and some of you have probably heard it, what matters most in the end matters most now. It doesn't always feel that way. We don't always see things that way, but that, that's the truth. Whatever matters most at the end, that is what matters most right now. And so we have to keep realigning our perspective because following Jesus as king, it's hard. It's not natural. It's not natural for any of us. So we have to learn Continually learn how to measure things rightly. Which perspective is weightier? Which one should I live by? And this is a process which ties into the, the series we've been in the middle of for a while is uh, training for godliness. It's a process that Jesus is inviting each of us into. 
to learn how to see life as he does. And so training is doing things in order to be changed. And the change that we want to see is to love God and love what he loves, other people, even ourselves. God wants you to appropriately love yourself. But, but that training process, that's what we're talking about in this series. So we've looked at this chart, and last week we looked at justification, which means what difference does it make that we're right with God? How does that impact our training? How does that impact uh, the effort that we're exerting right now? And so that's what we looked at last week was that first red line. This week we're going to look at the second red line, which is glorification. And that will happen either, uh, well, it'll happen in fullness when Jesus comes back. But this is, the, this, is, this is what happens at the end of life when we're perfected. So how does that future, how does that impact our present? And all of this, I haven't said this yet, but I, I need to. All of this from justification to glorification, this is all salvation. So if you're saved, you can, you, you can look at all of this. It's not just you're made right with God. It's also that you're committed to being changed. You're committed to that change process and that you will be changed, that promise. that This is all salvation that we're talking about. And so uh, part of glorification, and I didn't really have a place for this in the message, but this little line is trending upwards to the right still at the end forever into eternity future because the Bible says that the riches of Christ are unfathomable. We're not going to get bored now or later with Jesus. And I don't have much more to say about that, but it's worth thinking about. <laughs> it's worth it's worth keeping in mind when things are hard. Jesus is incredible. He's, he's amazing. And he always has something for us that we need and that, that we can enjoy because we're made for him. So, so all that to say, if what we look forward to, if the future shapes our present, what are we looking forward to? That's what I want us to talk about today. And it's not very well organized, honestly, this talk, so I apologize. <laughs> But it's, it's, uh, there's three things if, if you help, if, if organization helps you. We're going to talk about ruling with Christ or, or reigning with Christ, knowing Christ. These are the things we look forward to, knowing Christ and then enjoying Christ in all things. So you can write that down or you can just forget that I said it. Uh, <laughs> but hopefully it comes, hopefully it comes across. Um, Let's start with ruling with Christ. What, what do I even mean by that? That sounds weird. Well, Genesis 1, when, when God made man, this is what he said. Let us make man in our image according to our likeness. So, so this, is, this is a big topic. We're, we're made in the image of God. But look, look at what God says next. This is an important part of what it means to be made in the image of God. Let them rule over the fish, over the birds, over the cattle, over every creeping thing, let them rule. Let them exercise dominion. And this, this theme continues through the end of the story. In Revelation 5, the heavenly beings are worshiping Jesus, and, and they say to Jesus, you made these people that you purchased with your own blood, you made them to be a kingdom and priests to our God. And, and, and here's, here's our 
kingdom language again. These people that follow you, Jesus, they're going to reign on the earth. So there's kingdom imagery throughout the scripture, throughout the, the big story. And you might think, well, this is really weird, and this really doesn't fit at all with my ordinary, everyday life of raising children, going to work, uh, being single. Like, you know, this has nothing to do with what I struggle with, where I live, and I would, I would challenge that dramatically. <laughs> I would challenge it as, as best I can. You are exercising dominion over your space, over your apartment, even if you just live in a room and you share a house, you're exercising dominion over that room. If you're working to build airplanes at your job, that is exercising dominion over those materials, those ideas. If you're teaching children, you're, you're, you're ruling in a sense. And the problem isn't that uh, we don't reign anymore, but the problem is how we reign. <laughs> We don't do it in agreement with God, in cooperation with God. And sometimes it's, it's, we do it in agreement with him, but it's bitter agreement. It's not joyful agreement. So, so Jesus bursts onto the scene. And what is the gospel that Jesus preached? Are you familiar with the way that the gospels portray Jesus preaching the gospel? Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Here it is in Matthew 4. Jesus preached this gospel, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Meaning, God's kingdom is available now. It's present. Life with God is personally available to you now. Jesus said it, but he also showed it in his healings and ultimately in his death and resurrection. He made life with God which he, he said, that's eternal life. Not life after you die, but John 17, 3, this is eternal life, Jesus said, that they would know you, the only true God, and that they would know you, God the Father, by me, Jesus Christ, whom the Father sent. So this is the good news. Life with God, life in God's kingdom, it's available now. And no, it's not, it is not now as it will be then, but it is still present now. It's available now, in part. And if we want the full thing later, why wouldn't we want to partake in what we can right now? And so we see throughout the Bible, this life changes us. Paul says in 2 Corinthians that we behold the glory of God as in a mirror. Okay, so you look at something and you, you see it through a mirror and we're being changed from one degree of glory to another. And then in John chapter 3, it says, now we're, we're children of God now, but what we will be, it, it hasn't yet appeared. But we do know that in the future, when Jesus comes back, we'll be like him because we see him just as he is. No mere in the future. We see him face to face. And, and, and this is what I want you to get today. Everyone who has this hope purifies himself. So, so putting your expectation of future goodness in Jesus changes you right now. This hope purifies you now. It changes the change process that you're engaged in, the training, 
the difficulty it changes it right now. And so we can actually make progress when we place our hope in Jesus. And uh, it doesn't just change us now. It changes, it has impact into eternity, into the later. So, so that verse that Jake led us in during announcements, first, first Timothy 4, 8. Do you remember how it ends? Training for godliness has value for all things, holding promise for the present life and the life to come. Well, what promise does it hold for the life to come? Jonathan Edwards was one of the most brilliant minds in North American history, frankly. And, and here, here's, here's what he says the promise for the life to come entails. It, it's, he's talking about heavenly rewards. So bear, bear with me for a little bit. Edwards says, Christ will reward all according to their works. Just as one star differs from another in glory, some stars are bigger, some stars are brighter, they're, they're different, so it will be at the resurrection of the dead. At the end, I mean, we'll, we'll be a little bit different in, in displaying glory. And he said, it'll be no damp to the happiness of those who have lower degrees of happiness and glory that there are others with more happiness and glory above them. For they'll all be perfectly happy. Everyone shall be perfectly satisfied. Every vessel that is cast into this ocean of happiness is full. Even though there are some vessels larger than others. So I have another prop this week. <laughs> These are the vessels or the ships that are floating on the ocean of happiness is what Edwards is saying. And, and they're full. They're, they're filled to the brim. Okay? And this smaller one isn't envious of this larger one, but... They're both completely full, and, and in fact, looking at each other and going along in the ocean together, they, they see each other, and that, that, that brings their happiness and, and their joy even more full. There's no envy. There's only love. And it's hard to imagine because that's not the way that life is right now, but th that's the change that's coming, and that's the hope that purifies us as we look forward to it right now. So, so what? You might be hearing, you might be hearing all this and saying, well, that sure sounds like we can earn something for ourselves in heaven. And I would say, not quite. Grace, we, we've said this throughout the series, grace is opposed to earning. And grace is still opposed to earning. Nobody is going to be saying, look at what I accomplished for myself. Look at this large vessel of capacity that I created for future happiness. Nobody's going to be saying that. They're all going to be saying, look at how grace impacted him and how grace impacted her. And thank God for how his grace, his activity has impacted my life. It's all his doing. It's all to his credit. So the invitation isn't, hey, do something and make your future more enjoyable. That's, that's not what God is saying at all. He's saying, pay attention to what I'm already doing. Pay attention. Grace is God's activity. So we don't have to create or make things happen. Just pay attention to what God is doing in your life right now. His kingdom has come. And it will come in, in fullness later. But how are we to live right now? 
we are to live as joyful subjects to the king. We are to live under his kingship. And so the vision of life later impacts our now. Colossians 3.17, Paul says, Whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. That's what heaven will be like. And if that sounds appealing to you, that's what this life can be like, not in perfection, but in direction. That's available to you now. That's what we're training towards. That covers everything. That covers your job. That covers the coworker that you think is boring (laughs) and burdensome. Well, how do I relate to him? Well, in whatever you do, do it in the name of the Lord Jesus. That doesn't mean... You just, under your breath, as you're listening, you whisper, Jesus, 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 Jesus. (laughs) Or, in the name of Jesus, let's talk. No, not at all. In Doing something in the name of means on behalf of. That means that I relate to my coworker, I lead my family, I parent my children on behalf of Christ. It's for his sake. And, and in all this, we believe that Jesus is ready, willing, and able to help you learn. That's, that's what training is all about, learn. To help you learn how to do that right now. We will rule with him forever, and I don't know exactly what that entails. I don't know what those rewards are in heaven, but all I know is if we want to enjoy those things with him in the future, it sure would make sense to start with enjoying the things that he's entrusted to us right now. And it would more than make sense. It would fit what he asked us to do. So simple application. It's not simple to do. But just walk with Jesus. Treat him as though he is the king of glory. And imagine what life would be like if Jesus had his way on earth as he does in heaven. Imagine what it would be like if Jesus had his way in your home as he has his way in heaven. That's the Lord's prayer. Hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. He's always going to be the center of attention in heaven. Let's train now to increasingly make him the center of attention of our lives. So the band is going to come up and lead us in some songs that talk about his kingdom coming, that talk about Jesus being all to us. They're songs that are picked around this theme. So as they come up, and you guys can go ahead and come up, think about what it would look like to just walk with Jesus in your thought life, <laughs> when you're driving your car, to exercise dominion in your car, on Kellogg, <laughs> with Jesus, doing the things that you do as if Jesus were there with you doing them. Doing the things Jesus told you to do, like blessing those who persecute you and loving those who are your enemies on Kellogg, as if Jesus we're with you because we believe he is. He is with us in our family, in our leisure time, 
Jesus wants you to invite him to watch Netflix with you and rest with you and work with you. It is a holistic learning experience. We don't ever leave his classroom as his students. So think about, as, as we sing, you can sing, you can pray, you can sit, you can stand, but orient your heart to finding your life with Christ, all of your life, doing it in the name of, doing it on behalf of, doing it alongside of Jesus.